Welcome to Wildly Tarot Podcast. Hi, Esther. Hello, Holly. I You had a night where the dogs have been barking since 4 a.m. I had a night yes. where I woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning to take the dog out and then like did a bunch of chores before going to bed. Uh-huh. Again. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so we're all over the place. We are. I did consider being just waking up because I woke up at like 1 a.m. initially and then kind of fell back to sleep. And I just was thinking, maybe I should just get up and start doing chores to like <laughs> just do something. So whatever energy was last night's energy was very chaotically cleaning. Yeah. I mean, but my chores, the chores that I did were so random. It was like starting a load of laundry uh, unloading the dishwasher and then like bringing hand soap upstairs because I remembered that the bathrooms upstairs didn't have any hand soap in them or we were almost out. But that's the sort of chore that like it would normally take me weeks to accomplish because it just doesn't usually oh. like unless I'm trying to use the soap. I'm not like realizing that it's yeah. a problem. <laughs> it was just oh, so no. So now it's oh done, gosh. which is nice. You need to start creating lists in the middle of the night. That'll solve this is all your true. problems. This is true. Then I, but then I'll feel like it's already done once I create the list. <laughs> you have you, you had, had your like there? Oh yeah, totally. Especially with cleaning to prepare for leaving the house, I'm always like, well, my list of to dos is accomplished. So good job, me. I'm done. <laughs> it's accomplished. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Oh my goodness! It's okay. I'm going it's so hard to be a person to sometimes. switch to non-video for myself. Just a second, because okay. that may help with the connection. But you can oh, keep yours on. Man, okay. we're never gonna get to see each other again. That's okay. What's the point? <laughs> we're, never gonna... <laughs> we're never gonna get to see each other until I. I may actually run I some know. Wi-Fi line out here. <laughs> so. I think you should because there be are a okay. lot of things that you need access to the internet for, and this is just one of yes. them. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And if, like, I get a job that's, like, remote, it'll be absolutely necessary. So I just need to upgrade in general. Yeah. I mean, it feels weird, but, like, it is, yeah. It's 2023. We have to have access to the internet. Nathan wrote his grad school thesis about uh, broadband access in 2013 and talked about in that how, like, wireless, or not wireless specifically, but internet access is, like, basically becoming a utility as important as water mm-hmm. or gas. Yeah. 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 I've heard that like also like it's very much something that's almost like a necessity, just like you said, water, gas, or like even like food, because you just need access to like outside things. I mean, of course it's not as right. important as like food and clean water, but it's like up there as far as um, like importance. for Right. Well, just like existence. participating, exactly. Participating in everyday life. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I'm in charge of the card of the day and I'm excited about it. Also, please pardon my voice. If I seem really like stuffed up or scratchy, I am mostly recovered from COVID, but I still am having a little bit of the throat stuff going on. Okay. okay. But I'm also using the Hilda tiles, which by the way, our Uh friend Jamie is no longer collaborating on tiles with people. And so all of her tile sets are on sale on her website. If you're looking for a tile set, she's no longer collaborate collaborating with people. Uh, I think it's just Uh like too complicated. So now's the time. If you've been thinking about it, they're all on sale. Uh, I think like mostly like 10, 15, 20% off. So something to consider. Wow. Go check out, go check out. I'll put the link Uh, in the show notes. Yeah. I guess I should check to make sure that's still happening. It was like three days ago. 
Yeah, it says check out our discarded tarot tower, the tile tarot collabs. <laughs> I can't speak. So, yes. Uh, anyway, our card for the day is the King of Pentacles. And oh. I love that for today. We've got some real strength uh-huh. going on here, which is nice because one of our questions is uh, like revisit of a previous question. So I think this could be kind of reflecting coming from like a position of power and understanding, which I'm into. Yeah. Oh, that'd be how delightful to consider. Yeah. Yeah. Get off of Jamie's website and flick over to our outline so I can read our our questions. (laughs) Stop looking at all the deals that you want to take advantage of. Cause she also has like her Lenormand tiles on sale. She has her casting boards on sale. Like, there is a lot of good stuff on sale right yeah. now, so I would definitely do it check Christmas that out. Christmas as an early Christmas gift to yourself or Samhain gift. Yeah, early Samhain gift and early Yule gift. I guess it's not even early for a Samhain gift. That's like two weeks yeah. from now. Yeah. Well, our first question of the episode is from Joanna, and she oh. says, she asks, I wanted to ask if the cards point a direction I should be focusing on, be it work, family, house, heart, spiritual. I feel stuck and lost at the same time. Thank you for your help. Well, what a nice open-ended question. I know. What should Joanna be focusing on? Let's see. Now my dog's going nuts. Well, thankfully, I can't hear her, so She's, both of yeah, our recordings are going to be bad. I, yeah, exactly. Well, hopefully, that'll be okay. <laughs> All right, Joanna, what should you be focusing on? Okay. Okay, I have to pull a second card. I pulled two, so it's <laughs> okay. Okay, good. Oh, what did you get? I got the Queen of Cups and the Page of Pentacles. Interesting. And I got strength and death. Oh. Queen like of a whole Cups. Switch up. And well, Page of Queen Pentacles. of Cups in the deck I'm using, which is the Fifth Spirit Tarot, is like a tarot reader with like a bowl of water in front of her. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, it's. What's the Page def- of Pentacles in the deck you're using? It's a, it's a person who's on their knees with a, like a, bulb like a not a light bulb but like a flower bulb that's kind of like hovering over their hands so it's definitely like a planting of something new yeah that's kind of implied right which would correspond with death also yeah Hmm. but the queen of cups there it seems like very more like spiritual if it makes sense like some switch up yeah like emotional spiritual. spiritual stuff yeah yeah I think that that's a great interpretation, especially if that's an area that Joanna has felt strong in before and maybe doesn't feel as strong in now, like Mm -hmm. re-upping the spiritual side and the efforts there would be like a really helpful way to kind of like spark more of that strength and confidence of the queen. And in their question, they say, I feel stuck and lost. So it's kind of like they're already speaking from that place of like emotional lack like of right, something. Right. So getting started again with the spiritual side of things would help like stoke those flames. Yeah, yeah. And bring some like renewal energy to it. Yeah. Should we pull a card for like what specifically she should do? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'll pull from uh what is this? No. Hmm. I'm gonna pull from this is kind of an oddball choice. The spiritual AF deck. Oh yeah. From Spiritual AF, who I uh-huh. love on TikTok, by the way. She's 
I always thought she was really funny, but on TikTok uh-huh. she's absolutely hilarious and tells a lot of really, really great stories about her life that's wild. Oh. So highly recommend her as a follow. But I like this deck a lot because it does have tasks or like mm-hmm. things to consider and the focus is on the spiritual growth side of things. So I'll pull yeah. a card from this and you can pull from whatever okay, yeah, you I've... want. Yeah. I'm I just still pulled a tarot card. So good call. <laughs> okay, what did you pull? I pulled the Four of Cups. That's really interesting because my card says you can't save your face and your ass at the same time. And the back of it, which is what like the uh, contemplation side is, says, is there a secret you're keeping? Is ego keeping you from being honest about who you really are? Go ahead and oh. admit where you fucked up. Seriously, we're all fuck ups in some way. Welcome to being human. You do you, baby. Oh, wow. I like that paired with the four of cups a lot because uh-huh. it's kind of saying like maybe this is a side of you that you let simmer for so long mm-hmm. because you felt like you were doing it wrong. But yeah. doing it wrong is part of being a person. So like jumping back in and saying like, you know, I want to try this. I want to make this work even if I'm not perfect at it. I think mm-hmm. this is especially true. I mean, I, this is projection because this is just how I feel. But like with social media and the spiritual practices stuff, everyone is so mm-hmm. public about what they're doing. Oh, with yeah. Their spiritual practice. And mm-hmm. it can or not everyone. A lot of content gets served to us about yes. people being really open and public with their spiritual practice. And I think that that makes it feel really intimidating. You're like thinking, OK, well, if I'm not doing every single you know, high Sabbath or whatever, if I'm not doing every single like mid, what are they even called? Like the, you know, non equinox or solstice oh, yeah. days, those yeah, more minor stuff. days. Yeah. It's like that you're doing something wrong. Or if you have a busy day and you forget that it's the equinox and you don't have a chance to do all the stuff you wanted to do. Or if you have a busy day mm-hmm. and you forget that it was a full moon and you forget that you wanted to manifest stuff or you forget that you wanted to charge anything you can feel like, oh, my God, well, everyone else who's spiritual like I am is accomplishing this. So what the fuck oh, right. is wrong with me? Why am I forgetting about it? Uh-huh. I guess it must not be that important to me. And then you, like, let it slide. Yeah. So yeah. remembering that, like, you're a person and maybe you're being too hard on yourself or you're not seeing the value, that single cup that you're, you're like, you know, missing. That's, like, mm-hmm. maybe your what you're actually going to get out of these experiences because you're so focused on what you're not doing, then that would totally make sense that it's an area where you could feel strengthened and you have felt strengthened before, but there's like something that's sort of blocking you. And so acknowledging like, I'm never going to do this in a like Instagram or TikTok beautiful Mm -hmm. way is totally a great way to let yourself off the hook to get back into those practices. Yeah, because there's definitely, like, the feeling of, like, stagnant energy that's, like, just kind of hovering over this entire, like, question and situation and getting that little kick of energy to be like, no, just do it and follow through with it. Just do it. Yeah, just go for it anyway. Because everything, like, everything on Instagram is so stylized in a specific way. Well, and now it's like... Go ahead. I was going to say now it's not even just like stylized because I like, you know, we've talked about this before. I loved the flat lay days. That was something that I really excelled at. I loved the days where that was like enough to like 
feel like you were posting something. But everything uh-huh. is so focused on video now that it's not just yeah. that you have to have a beautiful or cohesive practice. It's mm-hmm. also that you have to like have an interesting enough lesson that you can be teaching other people. Right. And everything turns into you becoming a uh, like expert in the field mm-hmm. or somebody whose voice should be listened to rather than just you being allowed to serve your own purpose in that mm-hmm. area. Everything and you has to be like, well, what am I teaching people? Like what right, value right. am I adding to the conversation? And it's like, you don't have to worry about adding value to the conversation when you're just doing it for only you. So mm-hmm. relieving some of that, like, feeling of disappointment that you're not, you know, that you don't have a established voice or whatever will really help you be able to get back into your own practice without worrying about what voice you're providing to the community or whatever. Right. Right. Because it's definitely pivoted to capitalistic marketing strategies yeah. where like Instagram gets money from you advertising yourself on whatever, you know, or other things. And, and there's a lot of pressure to keep up with it. And those who are able to keep up with it are, you know, privileged and have more resources. And while, you know, if we do it, we do it for fun and we're punished for it because we're not doing it in a way that the algorithm, like, can algorithm us, you know. And And our our friends who do rely on the algorithm for, like, financial reasons, like, Mm -hmm. they're not doing anything wrong by playing the game. But I would guarantee that any one of them would say, yeah, I am doing this specifically to play the algorithms game. This isn't representative of how I'd like to be using social media. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I'm just thinking about the pressure to like stay cohesive and like, you know, Mm -hmm. like our, I, I don't think Claire will mind me saying this, but she's like, you know, she has this image of black in the moon that has to be conveyed through Instagram. And then she on her close friend stories, is like horseback riding and hiking and doing all of these like really fun things, but it just Uh isn't totally black in the moon cohesive. I mean, I think it is. And I think she thinks it is too, but it's just like the pressure to like get the clicks and get the, uh, notice is so right extreme and that's mm-hmm. like you know as an artist that's a huge component of the way that she makes like d- like grows an audience and can make money yeah yeah exactly so it's just really difficult to like the reality and the perception of your own reality and chasing after what's good for you and not feeling the pressure to live up to any kind of expectations even your own expectations yeah and now's the perfect time to do it because we're about to hit Samhain. Everyone's mm-hmm. being all spooky aesthetically in the world. And yeah. so if you're feeling like you want to dip back into the spiritual side of things, this is a really great time to do it. The veil yeah. is thinning. Everything feels like, you know, a little bit more quiet and soft mm-hmm. as we go into fall more consistently. Yeah. And that is like, for me at least, such a perfect time to get more involved with this sort of thing because it feels like things are you're allowed to let things slow down a little bit and get a little bit more introspective as we have like, you know, earlier sunsets and all of those Mm -hmm. things. I've complained about this. Go ahead. Yeah. Nature's slowing down. Yeah. Nature's calling us to slow down. So follow it. (laughs) Yeah. And I've complained about this a thousand times because I think that the world tells us that fall is time to like do more and go more places and be more out there or whatever. But like, that's just capitalism and also the fact that so many sort of mainstream holidays happen this time of year. But Mm -hmm. the reality is nature wants us to settle like nature is settling. 
I guess if you're in the southern hemisphere, it's not fall for you. It's ramping so you up. might want to be ramping stuff up. <laughs> but at the same time, you also have some beautiful growth opportunities that are coming just like, you know, through the seasons changing too. So there's just mm-hmm. now is a good time. And there's also no better time than now in general. Even if it were freaking, you know, August, I'd be saying the same thing because yeah. it's yeah. more like that will help you feel less stagnant and lost than mm-hmm. anything else. Right. Yeah. Agreed. I love it. Good luck, Joanna. You'll have to let us know what you're up to. Yeah. All right. And my question is from Lauren and Lauren says, I wanted to provide an update since my question was featured in your pulp tarot episode. After careful consideration, I decided to pursue the master's in social work program. And I must say the vibe check for your reading couldn't have been more spot on. The cards drawn during the reading were judgment, the king of swords, strength, and the six of wands. Regarding the path ahead in the MSW program, the cards revealed the Ace of Pentacles, the Eight of Wands, the Three of Swords, and the Sun. The program follows a fast-paced structure with each course lasting six weeks before immediately moving on to the next one. I'm excited to share that I've already completed my first course and earned an A in the class, so I'm truly embracing that Six of Wands energy right now. My experience in the program has been nothing short of amazing. The faculty members have been incredibly open, understanding, supportive, and well-informed. It's also become clear to me that this was absolutely the right path for me. Despite the clarity I've gained about my path in the MSW program, I've encountered a significant challenge that requires deep introspection and healing. So I do think that that would be represented by that three of swords we pulled. Yeah. Uh, That's an aside from me. Um, (laughs) It revolves around confronting the past and ongoing trauma in my life, a necessary step to becoming a truly effective and empathetic social worker. During my first class, the unit on death, dying, and grief hit me particularly hard. It was through the exercises in this unit that I realized this could be a point of contention for me and my practice. Currently, my area of interest is clinical social work in the field of mental health and recovery. In my personal life, I grapple with the fear of mortality of my partner who struggles with substance abuse disorder. Only a few years ago, I witnessed my stepfather slowly deteriorate and pass away tragically due to illnesses linked to alcoholism. Witnessing my partner's struggles and relapses trigger an overwhelming fear that a similar fate may await him, and I'll have to endure watching him pass away at a young age. As the faculty guided us through self-assessments to identify areas where we might need personal growth to work effectively with clients, I found it incredibly challenging to go through the material on death and dying without experiencing panic, tears, and the need for breaks. Hmm. Reflecting on your previous reading, oh, then she says this, I thought that the Three of Swords energy might be manifesting as heartbreak caused by intrusive and painful thoughts about the mortality of my partner. Despite knowing I'm in the right place, exploring content that I'm passionate about and skilled in, part of my journey will involve addressing and resolving my personal trauma. With this in mind, I turned to the cards to gain deep insight into the Three of Swords aspect of my journey with the MSW program. Using the Muse Tarot, I pulled three cards to gain further clarity. For the challenge, I drew the Seven of Inspiration. Uh, Inspiration is... I believe wands. Wands, I think, in the Muse Tarot. Yeah, I believe uh, it's wands. Yeah. For guidance and support, I pulled the star. And for outcome okay. and growth, I drew the chariot. My initial reaction to this reading is positive, and I currently relate to the energy of the Seven of Inspiration. However, I would greatly appreciate your interpretation of what these cards reveal concerning my path ahead 
as I navigate challenges of the Three of Swords and my past traumas to become an effective helping professional. Thank you so much for your insight. Okay, so the the card positions with the card itself. So the Seven of Wands, Seven of Inspiration, was the challenge. The challenge, yeah. The star was? Guidance and support. And then? Outcome and area for growth. Was the chariot? Was the chariot. Okay. And we double-checked that inspiration is wands in that deck. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, because voices is swords in that deck. Oh, okay. Perfect. So. I'm pr- oh. let, me, let me type it in to Google. Please hold. Okay. <laughs> um, muse, tarot, what are they called? Suit. Suit of wands. Muse of yeah. inspiration wands? Yep. Yay, we did it. <laughs> I know. We did it. I'm so I mean, glad do we, that... Do we each have doubles of this deck in its original indie form? Yes, we do. <laughs> yeah, yes, we do. Absolutely. <laughs> I do love this deck, but that has always been part of it that like throws me off initially, uh-huh. is the, the name reaching, or the name changes. Yeah, it's great for creative uh, things and creative like outlet stuff, but you definitely have to like sit and think with it. Yeah, exactly. So. I just threw I just drew three random cards from. Oh, I love deck, it! And I got strength and death again. <laughs> okay, so we didn't. She didn't pull death for herself, but she did pull strength. But I do think that that's really interesting, just because it's kind yeah. of so literal about this like yeah. fear. What was the mm-hmm. third card you got? Uh, the five of pentacles. Okay. So I it was just like a random draw. I, I don't think it has anything <clears> necessarily <throat> like to speak directly into things, but I feel like this is definitely a more energy that's permeating the situation. Yeah. Especially the but five I, of pentacles dealing with like loss those feelings of loss. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think the seven of wands or seven of inspiration is really interesting in the context of it being the actual challenge itself is just that mm-hmm. you're challenged. Like, yeah. I don't think that it's indicating that there's any like, major or unforeseen challenges you're going to be facing. You know, one of the things that I love so much about the seven of wands is that the person who's in the defensive position can see their attackers. Like, yeah, it's not a mystery. And so I feel like when it's telling you that the challenge is the seven of, of inspiration, it's saying you already see where you're going to be pushed the farthest. Mm-hmm. Like it's already there. And then the star being, in the position of um, guidance and support is like, I think that kind of optimism and that knowledge that, that you can see everything clearly and that there's hope in you recovering from Mm -hmm. these feelings. And I think that those two paired together is really, really reassuring. Like the, the way that you have to keep going through it is to just keep pushing yourself through it. And as you go through these, lessons and the opportunities that masters of social work programs put you through in terms of like your own personal growth. That's where the chariots coming into play. It's just continuing to move forward. And also Mm -hmm. like the assumption of victory and strength in the chariot is really strong there, especially paired with known enemies. I'm using air quotes there because it's not really Uh enemies. It's like, you know, stuff you have to go through, which all of us have. Um, it's like known adversaries and you know that you're in an environment that is 
designed to help you get through those things. Like you said Mm -hmm. that the faculty was all super supportive and empathetic and all of that stuff. They're the people you want to emulate. So I think you're exactly right to feel optimistic about this. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you're not already talking to a actual therapist or an other social worker, that's not just a classmate of yours, it might Mm -hmm. be helpful because substance abuse disorder really does a number on people who are around it. And even if it just means attending Al-Anon meetings or whatever, or even just trying it out, that will make you both a more empathetic social worker and also can help you with your own stuff as you're going through this. And you went through a loss. Watching somebody die from that sort of thing is really, really traumatic. It is. Yeah. And it definitely, like, the chariot is, like, in a nice sweet spot there because it's not, like, demanding you to, like, ignore the issues and keep moving. Because, of course, with a star there, it's saying you've already seen what's been going on with the seven of wands here. Like, it's already there. It's been acknowledged. But you have to just keep moving forward in this process because it's what's good for you. It's kind of like, instead of like a, more of like a race, I see this as like a progression forward. Like, right. no, you've got to keep going. Like, you have to keep moving in, you know, in this. And right. Of course, it may be scary and it may, it will absolutely bring up feelings that have been, like, pushed down for so long. But moving forward is the point. Right. And also because of that freaking seven of inspiration, you know what you're facing. This isn't going to like have a bunch of new stuff come out of nowhere for you. You know Mm -hmm. what you're facing. So there is so much power and strength with moving forward. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited. I have my sister-in-law just finished her master's in social work. I just think my, one of my cousins just finished her master's in social work. It's like such a, I, I guess empowering and stressful and life affirming and, you know, exhausting role to be in. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's really yeah. cool that you're doing that. Yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. I'm, I'm so glad you found your sweet spot and that our reading confirms some things for you. So yeah, 100%. Awesome. Sorry. The dog's barking again. Okay. I was like, are you still there? <laughs> I'm still here. Uh, I'm just uh, like, okay. Dog's barking. Okay. Relax dogs. Okay. So, yes. do we have any announcements? I don't really think that we do. I don't think so. No, we're all right, just awesome. all vibes. All vibes. No thoughts, just vibes. That's yeah. who we are. Uh, just awesome. like, I'm going to well, yell at the dogs. I'm muting okay. myself so you can continue talking. <laughs> okay. Uh, this week we are talking about the Mushroom Tarot. Right? That's what it's called. Yes. yes the, mushroom the Mushroom Tarot, tarot yes. from Chris <laughs> Adams. I don't know why I always second guess it, but I think it's just because he ended up with like the most straightforward Mushroom Tarot name. Everything else right, has to right. like have some other euphemisms for mushrooms. The Mushrooms. mushrooms or yeah, whatever. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he just got fully the Mushroom Tarot. Um, so Chris, I, you know, honestly, I love mushrooms no matter what, but I was like, oh, it's an Adams. I have to back this on Kickstarter. I got one of the <laughs> first edition decks. Um, but Chris Adams is an illustrator in Corvallis, Oregon, and he's the founder of a Corvid themed print shop, which does art and apparel. And he also created this tarot deck, of course. Uh, it was originally a Kickstarter in 2019 for the first edition. It went really well. That's when I got this one. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then it became a Kickstarter again in 2020, just based on its success. And now you can find it on his website, Uh, There's also, like, a used copy on Mercari every once in a while. Um, But this is what Chris says about uh, his own deck in the introduction booklet for the deck itself. He says, 
My tarot interest began with a superficial intrigue with the composition and imagery of the tarot tableau. My first iterations of the series included pen and ink mushroom clusters standing in their typical ecosystems with minimal reflection on respective archetypes and symbolism. Sometime early on, it began to feel a bit inauthentic to continue the project without giving homage to the various interpretations and meanings these cards hold for so many people. I do not claim to be a tarot expert in any sense, but I have come to appreciate the tarot system as a meaningful tool for self-reflection. Choosing mushrooms as a subject in this project was easy because I'm certifiably obsessed with observing, collecting, and eating mushrooms from the woods of the Pacific Northwest. If you're ever <laughs> looking for a good place to practice some solid reflective behavior, I highly suggest a stroll through the Oregon forests in fall and maybe even a little lay down in a mossy thicket to observe and scrutinize some mushrooms. I hope that these cards provide a new perspective for whatever your tarot interest might be. Perhaps you'll even discover an interesting symbiosis between the archetypical elements of the major arcana and the infinite complexity of the fungal kingdom. Thanks for supporting the project by holding this book in your hands. Have a lovely day, etc. And then his motto, which is eat mushrooms, don't kill people, <laughs> which is a great forager's motto. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's so I cute. love it. It's like, no, eat them, but also don't kill anyone. Like, try, yeah. <laughs> make sure you know try what not you're to. doing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. The second edition is uh, 81 cards. The first edition was two, but it's 81 cards. So it's the traditional 78. And then he adds the mycelium, the hyphae, and the spore as three additional cards. So these are like really specific, like tarot specific, or not tarot specific, mushroom specific experiences related to their reproduction. So uh, the mycelium is the energy source spreading life and regeneration. That's kind of like a soil based. The problem that I'm having with mushrooms in general right now is definitely Last of Us related. There's a whole oh, yeah. entire, <laughs> uh, there's a whole entire suit in this deck that I have like a visceral negative reaction to. So yeah. uh -huh. every time I start talking about it too much, I get a little bit freaked out. But the hyphae are the links from the mycelial fibers that grow in the underground inside of a host. And so that would be like the way that a fungus would move into like a tree or in some cases a being. And then the spore mm -hmm. obviously is the spore that also aids with the reproduction. So those are kind of like fun additions, but this deck really, really, really closely follows writer Wade Smith. The art is mm -hmm. incredibly reminiscent of it. Yes. Like, which I kind of love, like we did midnight magic, another mushroom deck in our spring season and mm -hmm. that deck was Rider Waite Smith adjacent, but it did not follow the art style. It followed the imagery more. And yes. this does both. It has like a lot of the imagery and also the style, which I think is kind of fun. It feels a little yeah. bit like retro, kind of funky. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, I just, I just think he was really effective at emulating Pamela's style. Yeah. Yeah. I like that he was not coming at this from like in the tarot community. It was sort of like a hobby of, I like mushrooms and I want to draw stuff. And you know, a lot of artists yeah. do draw tarot cards because they come with like themes and you can right. pretty easily follow it. 
And I just think it's really cool when like non-tarot people are like, oh, hey, this is kind of fun to do. And, and let me make a deck out of it. Right. And also when they say, I'm not an expert. This is just something that I really liked. Because then I'm always like, no, if you came at it from that way and then got really into it, then you are an expert on this deck for sure. Yeah. Like you sure. had to research all of the archetypes and symbolism in order to feel like comfortable with including it. And so, you know, yeah. you might not feel like a tarot expert, but who freaking does, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. If you do, we have questions. <laughs> right. Exactly. So each of the suits have, oh, so I guess I should start with major arcanas for each of the major arcana. There is a, uh, mushroom selected specifically. And in the booklet, at least in the edition that I have, uh, do you have the first edition or the second? Edition? I have, I th- okay, so I was wondering if he went mass market because oh. I got it from my indie shop here, and they only really carry mass market decks. Oh, did it go mass market? And I just but like, it totally may not have. She, it may have been just like one of the rare decks that she did not get from a mass market source. She may have like gotten it from him directly. Let me see. Mushroom tarot, no. I don't see it as okay. it's not and like it on Amazon the case. or anything. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Ooh, there's another one that's also very Rider Waite Smith. That's called the Mushroom Hunters Tarot deck. Do I need? Oh yeah, I think that one just deck? came out. This one also. Oh yeah, I pre-ordered it. Where? That. Um, that has humans in it too, which is fun. Anyway, uh, <laughs> okay. So for each so I must have like the second edition then. Yeah, probably. So it's still the larger box and the like tall mm-hmm. thin. Uh, book, which is a pet yes. peeve of mine, but whatever. People yeah. are going to do that, make that decision about their decks. Uh, when I opened this one, I realized that the cards were still in their plastic, so oh, uh-huh. I don't know what the hell that's all about, but apparently I've not been reaching for this deck as much as I thought I had been. <laughs> that's a confusing thing. Um, but yeah. anyway, so in the booklet for all the major arcana, I love it when artists do this, as we've talked about before, having written a book about tarot art it's so helpful to know why the author made decisions they made. And so for each of the major arcana, uh, Chris talks about like what the card meaning is like, here's Mm -hmm. what you should go with for it. And then also why he selected the specific mushroom on that major arcana. Yes. Just so So I just think it's really cool. So maybe when we're talking about our favorite cards, we can like discuss that a little bit further. Okay. Okay. For the minor arcana, each suit has one specific type of mushroom associated with it. So for wands, it's cordyceps. Those are the parasitic fungi, and that is the one that gave me the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> yeah. Cups are all pizzazales. I am probably not pronouncing that right. And those are those cup fungi that like tip up at the edge. So those are all paired with like mossy logs, but they're all shaped in a cup shape, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, why am I trying to read these fucking Latin names, Esther? <laughs> Jesus Christ. You, you can just describe it. There's a tall mushroom with a little bitty hat on top. Yeah, exactly. Actually, that would probably truly be more helpful. So let's go to the cordyceps section. Uh, let me get past my major arcanas. So, yeah, the cordyceps are all very tall, thin mushrooms, little tiny hats, and they're all growing out of arthropods, which is fine. 
Uh, I'm glad that they're not growing out of like mammals because that would freak me out more. But I also really do love bugs. So I still hate them. Yeah. The sword suit is uh, psilocybe, maybe, and that's a psychedelic mushroom. And so that's also a tall, skinny mushroom with a very low, flat cap. Mm-hmm. And then pentacles are uh, jastrum, I don't know, earth star fungi, fungi. And apparently these are something you'd see in Oregon, and they're all paired with uh, Pacific Northwest like plants and they're shaped like stars. So for those, for the minor arcana, I do feel like it was more about sort of stylized choices than maybe meaning mm-hmm. choices. Uh, yeah. But I, I appreciate it still. Cause it makes it really easy to understand exactly what you're looking at. In addition to how things are um, labeled, but I still like it. So I guess actually, no, he does give further clarif- clarification about why all those were selected. So for wands, which is, again, the uh, cordyceps, he said, when choosing this suit, I was struggling between psilocybe and cordyceps. So that's the psychedelic one or cordyceps. And it wasn't an easy decision. The more I delved into creating the cards, the more I felt like this was the right decision. Not only do the specimens I choose mimic the attributes of a magic wand, but there is an embodiment of growth, regeneration, and a nod to the thin line between construction and destruction. Oh, I love that. I find parasitic relationships simultaneously horrible and beautiful for some reason. And these mushrooms emulate that dichotomy. So paired with a wands of with wands about like growth and activity and fire, having that transformative component is why he selected it. It's creepy, but I kind of love it after reading his explanation, which is why (laughs) people should include artist choices in their booklets every single time. I want to see your reasons. Give us the reasons. We want to know. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So for cups, he says, um, these fungus are collectively referred to as cup fungus, and this pairing seemed too obvious to avoid as it represents a diverse collection of fungus, uh, many that are shaped like cups or broken pods. The individuals I've selected to draw most closely represent a species like S. coconae, Uh, or the scarlet cup fungus. Often the cup shape of this fungus has evolved to splash spores out of the cup shaped body with a good rain, spreading life and fruitful abundance with every drop. Accompanying these fungus, these fungi are cut in the cup cards are their host logs. Not all mushrooms of the order occupy tree branch, tree branches or logs, but more of a cupish of cup more, but more of the cupish of cup fungus often do. In my Pacific Northwest mine, tiny cup fungus are often found in clusters on lush, lush mossy, rotting logs in the dripping fall forest. Oh, so, for, so for this one, it's also like sort of that overwhelming, like with rain or with emotion comes mm-hmm. spreading of the spores. I like that. Also. Yes, me too. So, so for the psilocybe. The swords are an embodiment of a mental process and often dealing with a struggle between employing logic or falling prey to despair, psilocybe seem like a meaningful fit. Despite their often fraught identity, psychedelics are revered in many circles and cultures as a powerful tool for intense self-reflection and overcoming trauma utilizing out-of-body perspective. I chose to pair these heavy-hitting fungi with space, stars, and rocks. Sitting with elements from the natural world, these objects and environments capture the dark and brooding feeling that I get from the suit of swords. I like that. Mm. See, give us your give us your thoughts. Yeah. Rock, rocks represent yeah. invisible slow change, 
and space and stars represent overwhelming emptiness paired with unending opportunity for expansion. Who hasn't been overtaken by the power of the night sky with a little help from their mushroom friends? Oh, that's a really good reason. These to are have also this thoughtful. Yeah. So, um, then for pentacles, which again is G-strum. I am 100% sure I'm mispronouncing that. Uh, how could you not choose them for a suit represented by a star and paired with the element earth? If you've never seen an earth star, you've got to get out into the woods and start looking. The species here in Oregon are really some of the most majestic and iconographic, uh, mushrooms out there. Truly wonderful. This was another decision based on physical representation and name, but the obvious central orifice of spore distribution really speaks to me of fruitfulness and abundance as viewed from the fungus, perhaps. These cards embody <laughs> the fecundity of the forest ecosystems. Paired, pairing charming earth stars with Pacific Northwest plants like ferns, trillium, and rattlesnake plantain, many of the pentacles for me were a reflection on the alternate measurements of success beyond our simple economic endeavors, the success of a species. Oh, I love that. That's These are all so good. I know. Thoughtful. I think he doesn't that call he's... himself an expert. Like, come on, dude. I know. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. He's definitely an expert in this. Like, you can tell that he loves, loves, loves mushrooms and mm -hmm. loved doing this project. And I that's what we like the most. Like, that is yes. something that's so meaningful for us as tarot fans is, like, yeah. how much the artist loved it and how much they're, like, stoked about it. Yeah. Yeah. And that <sighs> they did it because they love the passion thing and not because they're in it for a quick buck, you know? Right. Not because tarot's really huge right now. <laughs> right. Right. Awesome. Exactly. So because this is a Rider Waite Smith clone functionally, I do think that this would be great for beginners. Mm -hmm. I think the vibe is very much like, you know, kind of woodsman-y. Like if you're somebody yes. who likes to be in nature and likes fungus, this is obviously a good choice. I think it's also good for people with a little bit of a sense of humor about the tarot who like mm -hmm. kind of yeah. like the silliness and the oddity of I mean, everything. we're talking about th things that look like dicks. So right. Ultimately it's hilarious. It's, it's, <laughs> it's fun and engaging and it's like really easy and very friendly to, sorry, the dogs are just barking. Why is That's everyone okay. coming to my house today? <laughs> anyway. Because it's not um, 11 PM. We're still adjusting to you being back in the U S Exactly. Uh, but it's just, it's just fun and it doesn't take itself too seriously. Like, right. It's exactly. not supposed to be like this deep esoteric thing. It's a fun project with fun mushrooms. Yeah. And I do think it's thoughtful enough that if you want to mm -hmm. use it in a really esoteric way, you totally can. And it aligns yeah. with Rider Wade Smith very closely, but I do think that it's, it's much more lighthearted than, uh, yeah. it, than you might necessarily think. Mm -hmm. So the, like I said, uh, there are three additional cards, but there aren't any name changes from the existing cards. All of it aligns really close with Rider Waite Smith, which is appreciated. Yes. And yeah, I guess we could talk about our favorite cards now. Yay. Okay. I'm going to see if I can switch the video on for this portion. Okay. Let's see how well this does. Does this do well? Uh, it, you immediately, the video is lagging behind your audio, but that's okay. Of course it is. Okay. <laughs> Okay, because I, okay, let's see. These dogs, <laughs> they're driving me batty today. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely need to take them to doggy daycare or I need to get out. Okay, so my favorite cards happen to all be Major Arcana because the minors me too. really kind of follow like just even like the phys like the visual structure of the Rider Waite Smith. So there's not like yeah. any sort of 
to me, like, I mean, there was like a cute, you know, animal on some court cards or things like that. But to me, that wasn't anything that drew me specifically to pick one. Right. So, totally. So mine happened to all just be major arcana cards. I think the major arcana are so strong in this deck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So I'm just going to go in order. First of all, the magician. Have you seen this mushroom in person before? No, but I'd love to. Do you want to describe it? It like a dick that is has a veil around its neck. <laughs> I never thought about the dick component, but you are right. It is one of the ones that has like the lacy curtain that goes down yes. from the ridge of the cap. <laughs> Have you seen those in person? They look so yes. cool. Yeah, I've seen them in person because they had the they had a variety in Korea, and so like they're really cool, but they're very like they're also a bit sensitive just because the, oh, that lacy part. So I'd I imagine. like that that little like because the magician is very powerful they're very like they know themselves but i also like the fact that they may be a little sensitive and right exactly <laughs> you know? so but i just really and then also like and there's like okay so i maybe should apologize ahead of time but there's like a double-sided dildo related. like right here am i not wrong Esther. <laughs> it wouldn't be wildly tarot without dildos <laughs> randomly coming up throughout I mean, the, the series i didn't i didn't even put it there it That's true. Me. This is not your fault. <laughs> so he, that is called the netted stinkhorn is the actual type of mushroom. And it actually, when it comes out of the ground, it looks like a dick that's erecting itself. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right. What next? Sorry. <laughs> Don't apologize. How dare you? Um, next is death. I just love, he's so happy. I love the death card too. He's just like, he's a very happy that's skeleton. That's the one that stuck out to me as being weirdly being a dildo-like. Dick. Yes. <laughs> and very much like a giant mushroom that he's just cuddling with. Like walking through a field and just cu- having a nice little cuddle with a mushroom. Ooh, do you want to hear about this this type of mushroom? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Amanita or Criata is perhaps a melancholy choice for this card. It's called the Destroying Angel, and it's most notorious for its deadly relationship uh, with mistaken mycophagia, oh. so people who eat mushrooms. But mm-hmm. it truly is a beautiful species and a member of the genus, which may be the most mesmerizing life stages. Amanitas begins as an egg and then slowly unfolds into some lovely mushroom forms, leaving behind remnants of each phase as spots on the cap and rings on its spines. Ooh. But apparently this is a very, very deadly one. So I really like that. But also having the the added interest of showing all of the life cycle positions Mm -hmm. on the actual stem and cap of the mushroom brings in some of the more like nuanced death. Yeah. The transformative stuff. Yeah. 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 I love it. So we we that's share cool. that as a favorite. Yay. That's a nice card to share. Yeah. Next is the devil. But yep. I just I love mean, this creepy. I love the devil card too. <laughs> I just love this creepy like mushroom. It's it's not a star mushroom. It looks kind of like um like it would smell really bad. Like one it, of those does. Mushrooms. it does. It does. It does? Yay. Says that. Okay, Nathan's going to work. Bye, Nathan. Love you. Bye, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> It does so smell I, really bad. Okay, good. Okay, so I was not wrong in my identification of which mushroom this was. <laughs> no, not at all. So I love that this is the devil because, yeah, it's, like, kind of creepy looking, which I yeah. love. And like it, having like the, fi- like... Like flies are dying with its The tentacles. flies being strangled and then, like, yeah, the symbolism on the actual, like, shaft of the mushroom itself. 
Mm-hmm. We, I could say, wow, we're talking about penises too much. And then I say things like shaft of the mushroom. So this mushroom is called a starfish fungus, adorable, and is native to Australia. It has popped up in various places in the world during the past few centuries. And it's unknown whether this is due to human transportation of soils or some natural distribution of spores. There is nothing devilish about them except for they smell like death and attract flies and they look wicked. They do look wicked. This <laughs> they is a wicked, really wicked looking card. They do. So cool. So I I just love a unique devil card. And the flies 100%. were hilarious. Like, the it's flies just so are fun. so funny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the flies are not in control. And that's the thing is that he's yeah. choosing these like classic tarot images and then making mm-hmm. them like sort of foresty and kind of yeah. gross for yeah. this card, which I just for love. This card. Yeah. Yeah. And then my last favorite card is the star, just because we get the quintessential like red cap mushroom. I love the star with, too. Like a, and the star in the sky is actually really beautiful and just the kind of folksy way that this is drawn is just yeah. really endearing. Yeah. I love the star too. That's one of my favorites as well. And that is, he says about that. Uh, so obviously there's also like the definition of the card. So he says about the card. There's power in finding light in the darkness or positivity and negative experience. Here I see a perfect symbiosis between mycology and tarot. Even in the darkest time, those mycelial networks are living and growing under the forest floor and in the rotting wood, both giving life and deteriorating spent life. In the star, you might interpret something similar, entering darkness only to find the beauty and power of an underlying force like the great goddess or mother maintaining and observing life in total. And he says, I love all the Amanitas, but there is an inarguable historical force in the red and white, a muscaria woven into human history across the temperate world. These mushrooms must hold some innate power. I could lay on a mossy forest floor and stare at the little muscaria, uh, muscaria troops all day, any day. So this really is just like, he's like, this is a classic mushroom and I love the star card. So we're doing it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I share, I share the star, the devil and death with you. But then I also have the addition of justice and judgment. I don't think I've ever had a judgment card. I don't think you have ever pulled judgment card as your favorite. But look at how fucking funny this is. All of the, all of the people coming out of the grave have mushroom heads of various type. (laughs) And then also the angel is a giant mushroom. And I just think that that's so playful and (laughs) such a fun, like, I worship you mushroom overlord moment that it just is really, really fun. And it's very, it just cracks me up. And then for justice, um, I guess I should read about what the, um, judgment actually, what the selections were. So yeah, the sacred mushroom here is certainly a, a, one of the psychedelic species representative of the various cultures who've utilized and appreciated uh, utilized an appreciation of expanding consciousness through respectful and established rituals involving these fungus. Do no harm and expand your mind on this and every lovely day. All right. And then justice is where am I going? Here we go. So uh, I don't know why I just love the spider web. I love the forest oh, scene, yeah. this big mushroom that's kind of wrapped in ferns that has the uh, like open eye and closed eye and the trees surrounding the big mushroom Mm -hmm. and then the spider web on top of it. And I think that it just feels really, um, 
I know that he's trying to like emulate the justice card, obviously. Yeah. That's part of yeah. the point. But I just love the addition of the spider web. And I think the uh-huh. contrast between the dark blue and the mushroom in the foreground is just really pretty. And I just find mm-hmm. myself like very drawn to a justice card, which again, justice and judgment don't normally get me, but these right, ones do. Right. And I think it's the playfulness and like, yeah, kind of the lack of seriousness that I just really mm-hmm. feel very drawn to. Yeah. Yeah. Cause both of those are traditionally like very like doom and gloom kind of cards. Right. So, so this is the Helvella, and he says, Helvella are somewhat of an indicator species in my world. They, in some ways, represent the shifting of the scales from winter to spring. I look for them when I start to hunt morals in the spring. One prominent, prominent species, which is this one, resembles a saddle and, be, and could be construed as another tool of balance. So, so he's cool. finding ways to incorporate them, but I also just really love the way it looks. Yeah, yeah. That's so much fun. I know. It's just so great. All right. And then do you have any ha cards? Because mine was just all of the wands. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, No, like ha cards that kind of just stood out um, other than just like dicks everywhere. So, (laughs) yeah, I get the reason behind the uh, the suit of wands after reading Mm -hmm. his little paragraph about it. But it's still like is just not my favorite because I do find that specific sort of thing a little bit spooky. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Do we want to pull cards to represent our relationship with the deck? Yes. Let's do it. Let's so do it. Let's see what Chris has to say. I know. I forgot to mention, it does also have the edges are like a copper. Are yours too? Yes. Yeah, it's and really the, pretty. And the cardstock is nice and shuffleable and like bendy, so it's not like super <laughs> difficult. Yeah, it so, is very easy to shuffle. And especially for a metallic edging, which sometimes can mm-hmm. be so sharp, it doesn't have yes. that like painful <laughs> element to it. Yes, exactly. I've been shuffling it for like a week or two now, and it's been nice. Aw, I love it. No I love to hear it. Awesome. My relationship with the deck is the fool. All right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> and my relationship is the three of wands. Oh, I love it. See, that's I also like so fun because you've been using it so much in this transition period of your life. Yes. So having it be a three of wands deck is really, really nice. Yeah. And then for me, after we did the Midnight Magic deck, our Discord was going nuts with suggestions for foraging. And so yes. getting another <laughs> fool card from another mushroom deck is really uh-huh. reminding me that, like, this is something I should be doing. Yeah, yeah, leaning into it. Not here, probably. I don't think that we're tempered enough of a climate to have a good mushroom situation, but... Yeah, plan a, I'm interested. Plan a mushroom trip. I can't remember who, but somebody invited me to go visit them in Europe to do foraging. So maybe I'll just yeah. do that. Yeah. <laughs> it was probably. <laughs> Wiley Terror goes to Europe. To yeah. Forge. <laughs> Let's try it. Let's try it. Why not? All right. Well, that's our show. Don't forget to send us your questions. You can find our contact information and also the question submission form at wildlytarot.com. And also buy our book, The History of Terror Art. We've mentioned it a few times this episode, but it has really cool yeah. art in it. And Such really cool great. art. We have reasons in the book as to why your favorite tarot deck or most popular tarot decks like <laughs> have their artwork. 
Exactly. And if we did it, we made it up and told you we made it up. <laughs> Morgan Greer. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and it's available wherever books are sold and we want to keep it that way. You can also follow us on Instagram at Wildly Tarot Podcast or at Celestial Esther for Esther or at Holly Enchanted for me. And also join our Facebook community by searching Wally Terra Podcast on Facebook or join our Discord server, which is linked in the show notes. And remember, go forth and tarot wildly this week. We yeah, love you so much. We do. <laughs> <laughs>